Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to you. I really do hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving planned. I'm I'm hearing from a lot of you who have been ousted from your uh, family's Thanksgiving plans for for for, for one, one reason or another, whether it's vaccines or it's um. It's masks, you know, it's your political sways. I mean, it's just, it's, it's pretty sad. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It is very sad. Um, speaking of sad, you know, I just feel like the country has been so exploited over so many wounds that we have as a nation. Uh, several people brought that up last night on a spaces that I hosted very late at night and into the early morning hours. It is insane how long those conversations can go because people are so engaged and they are very thoughtful. Um, and I had a uh, young woman um, join me who some of you may be familiar with, but she is, her name is Bree uh, and she is at Bree Dale or Dahl however some of you say it, uh, she is with Epoch Times, and she's the Rome correspondent, and uh, she is accredited to Holy See Press. So she um, covers primarily the Vatican, uh, all things Catholic, and she joined us. She jumped in uh, on my, my spaces last night. We were talking about the segregation that occurs um, within your social media platforms. Um, I was instantly ejected from a conversation last evening that, uh, included young women who are black, who were discussing the grievances they have with being light skinned and the biases that people have toward them because of the lightness of their dark skin. And I just had a conversation with my own daughter about this just yesterday. And so when I saw it in spaces, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can get a whole other perspective. So let me jump in here and see what's going on. And within, I don't know, 10 seconds, I guess someone figured out one of these is not the same. And poof, I was kicked out of the spaces, into the ether of spaces. And, uh, and I couldn't comment. I couldn't get back in. I mean, it was, I was like, wow. Okay. So I opened up a space to talk about it and it turned into a whole four hour, just about shindig of, you know, spirituality, amorality, identity, you know, where are people and Brie, uh, chimed in, um, on this subject as it relates to Catholicism. You know, there was someone on the, in the space who said that Catholics are not, Christians and she was very gracious whenever she, you know, I, I uh, opened up her mic for her to speak and to join us. She was very, um, very diplomatic in her approach to answering, you know, someone's assertion that Christian, that Catholics are not Christians. 
And I thought she did a wonderful job. So she stays on with us for most of the evening. And right before I'm getting ready to be like, okay, you guys, I'm done. My eyeballs are closing. Um, this beautiful young black woman jumps on from Canada. And I think she goes by Miss Beyonce or something. She's cute. She's like 25. She's my daughter's age. And she jumps on to talk about, uh, matter of fact, her, her, um, her tagline on her page is like dark skin, you know, uh, beautiful black woman, something of that, of that nature. And so when she chimes in, you know, I'm like, okay, here we go. Because also on her page, and I addressed this last night was like a black lives Canada something. Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, here we go. Cause I'm either about to get torched on my own spaces about this conversation. And I'm totally ready for that too because I'm just not offended by that, or uh, she's going to have something really cool to add to the conversation, and thankfully ended up being the latter, um, and it was great, and she enlightened everyone to, you know, the the issues that people have over uh, who are black, who wear their natural hair to work, you know, and opportunities that are missed out on. Um, she was very kind and pleasant and really cute, just you know, jovial and having a good time with us, and affording us the opportunity to be like, well, hey, you know, how can we help in the scope of like a, most people did not know that was going on or that was a prejudice uh, that some people have. And so how do we, you know, mitigate that? How do we remedy that? How do we eradicate that uh, from the workplace? And so we ended up, it was a really, it was a very interesting way to round off the night uh, in in that particular space. And I thought, you know, isn't it, isn't it something that we have been so exploited by our nation's sins, right? And things that are people are just so unwilling to forgive. They're just unwilling to forgive. And either, and there are some who are like, they're afraid that if they allow people to be forgiven or to forgive themselves for the sins of the past of this nation, that somehow that means that we're going to forget. And that really is just a very basic human uh, tenant. I mean, that's something that we, you know, we, we, that is a very fleshy way of looking at things that if you forgive somehow, that means that you have, a, uh, that's your approval, right? That's your stamp of approval and nothing could be further from the truth. Just because you forgive something doesn't mean you necessarily forget it. Although I will say this now, our father is so perfect that when he forgives, he legitimately forgets. And it says that our sins are as separated from us as the East is from the West. They are in the sea of forgetfulness. So for some reason, we excuse ourselves from forgetting, right? Um, we excuse ourselves from the admonition or the, the characteristic of our own creator, our own father who birthed us, right? Who, who taught us what forgiveness is. Um, we let ourselves off the hook. And I, and I think maybe that's how I should say it is that I think the country and some people who just do not, they're not interested in the kingdom of God, or maybe they've never been subjected to the truths of this, of the kingdom of God. Um, they equate forgiveness and, uh, and separating our sins as far as the East is from the West as permission. Right. Somehow that excuses what's been done in it. And it, spiritually speaking, 
you know, everything will be taken into account. And I think the best any of us can hope for is that God's word is true and all of our sins are nailed to that cross, including but not limited to bigotry, discrimination, slavery, all of it, right? Injustices, that all of that is nailed. They're all nailed to the cross. But it's unfortunate that more people are not willing to love others enough and to trust uh, the word inside of them and the word himself, right? Enough to just be, be willing to confront the biases that we are allowing to be built up in the way of the limestone around our hearts. And we, most people are afraid to broach those subjects of quote race. And, you know, I believe there's one blood and one race and in many cultures and ethnicities, which are all wonderful uh, and should be exercised and practiced and experienced and shared and, you know, in as much as you want to. But my point was, I cannot imagine seeing someone come into my space, even on the topic we were talking about last night, right? About, about race, quote race, um, and how I was booted from this particular space last night on Twitter. I can't imagine seeing someone of a different color than me who came into my space and I just looked at their emoji or their avatar rather and said, oh, they got to go. Like, nope, not for them. (laughs) And I just hit the eject button, you know. And I do hit the eject button on people who are just ridiculous and rude and drunk and they're silly. And again, not offended, but you just got to get out of my space. So, you know, I boot you out of my space because you're being obnoxious. But certainly not because of the color of your skin. But I just thought, hey, can we just have an honest conversation about this? And many of you are going to be faced with your relatives tomorrow Um, And you're going to have a choice to make about honest conversations. Is it the time to have an honest conversation, right? When everyone is held hostage around the, you know, family turkey. Is that really the time to share family grievances or political views or masks or vaccines or all of the facts that you know, or your incessant need to be right or, you know, the, the need to smack down the family bully in front of everyone, you know, whatever it is. So I want to encourage you tonight on the eve of Thanksgiving to really search your heart and your mind about the grievances that are inside of you right now, right this second, the grievances you have with people, whether they're going to be around that turkey table tomorrow or not, but primarily for those of you who are going to be faced with some interesting scenarios, and it's causing you a lot of anxiety and maybe anger because you don't really want to go. You don't want to be a part of it. Or maybe you're just angry because you've been rejected from the whole family dynamic because of who you are, what you believe, right? And so either way, before you embark upon your Thanksgiving tomorrow, I just want to encourage you guys to take some time and search your heart and really take that before the Lord and ask him to contend with the issues that you have and to begin to unravel that knot, you know, to dismantle that calcification around your heart and around your mind. Uh, Take your offenses to him, right? And confess them. And better yet, we are admonished to go to the person who offended us and address it that way instead of calling everyone else in the family. Now, I'm not going to recommend that you do that tomorrow. 
unless you've come to a place where you feel like you have forgiven that person and maybe that person just needs to know that. Even then you have to watch it because if people are not aware that you've been secretly offended with them and you um, forgive them, you, you confess this forgiveness of them, right? And they're like, oh, well, I didn't even know you were offended. That can open a whole other can of worms that just turns into a giant fat argument. So uh, you may want to weigh your options about your timing on things. So again, pray for wisdom. God will direct you on, you know, the details of releasing people and how to, you know, reestablish fellowship with people, um, and really that begins with your relationship with him and with yourself and getting those things, you know, um, getting those things tempered and, and, and remedied, right? Having those things atoned for in your own heart and with God, allowing him to atone for the offense and then allowing someone else to take responsibility for, you know, however they have offended you or sinned against you, Right. Really important, and so a good place to start is usually with yourself. Uh, at least I can say that for me. If I know that or I'm convicted that I have offended someone, then you know it is incumbent upon me to um, make amends and to ask for forgiveness. And I do. Let me tell you why I ask people. Like you know how people get uncomfortable when you're like, "Hey, so I'm sorry about this," and "Oh no 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 no, it's fine, it's fine." But people just write it off because they're so uncomfortable with the confrontation. Because they're not sure that the confrontation is going to end in peacemaking and love. They're just not. They're not really sure how to deal with it. And so they'll just kind of poo-poo it, right? Even though it's something that has eaten them alive for years. But the moment you come to confront it and to address it for the sake of reconciliation and fellowship, um, ultimately someone will just kind of, you know, uh, just kind of flippantly throw out the, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's no big deal. Don't worry about it, right? I would encourage you to take it one step further and ask that person for their forgiveness. Because see, now you are in basically a contract with that person. You are in agreement with that person. You've had, you've asked them for their forgiveness. So you don't walk away or hang up with any questions about, well, how did that go? Nope. You ask them because then they're, they're admitting that there was an offense that took place. Um, and they're admitting that you are taking responsibility for your part in it. And they're admitting that you would like to be reconciled. So you're initiating the healing and the reconciliation. And it gives them the liberty and the, and the power to be able to say yes or no. And be prepared because some people may say no. Sorry, cannot forgive you right now. Just give me time. And that's okay. That's okay. Just thank them for even con- the consideration. It's okay. You're you're going to be okay. You're going to get off the phone and you're going to still be intact. It's fine, but at least you've started the conversation and and that really would help our society at large if more people focused on their fellowship and their relationships. We would not be held hostage by the powers that be. We would not be in the position we are in and what most Americans are referring to as a race war. We just wouldn't Intentions are high and people are bitter. And a lot of that begins in our own homes. And it begins with our incessant inability, just willful inability, our obstinance with regard to forgiving other people. 
And I realize there are a lot of really hard offenses and grievances that are very painful for a lot of you. But I, but I would encourage you that the beauty of the liberation of, of forgiving is it is liberation that the world cannot offer you. It just can't. That social justice programs cannot offer you because it comes from our Father. And that level of forgiveness and peace and reconciliation is something the world will never offer you. I don't care how much money it offers you, how many, you know, uh, uh, you know, opportunities to swim in some virtual reality offers you, um, you know, how many wars won it offers you, uh, no matter how, how many presidencies the, the, you know, you feel like you, uh, duly elected offers you none of it, your congressional representatives, your senators, none of it, um, matters in comparison to the peace, uh, that comes with God's a formula for reconciliation. Amen. So again, ask that person for their forgiveness. It empowers everyone in the situation and it really sucks the oxygen out of, um, out of the enemy's kingdom of division because now you're both in agreement. And so moving forward, if that person brings the, the grievance up again or the offense, you can politely remind them that, Hey, um, remember, you know, we discussed you forgiving me for that and I received your forgiveness. And so I'd prefer if we could, you know, move on and thank you very much. Right. So peacekeeping is going to be like the reason for the season right now. For many of you, you're going to be tempted and timid to either be peacekeepers or you're going to be just butt kickers. And I would encourage you to either be a peacemaker or just sit there and hold your peace. Uh, you know, until another time after the holidays. Also, remember your children are watching and they are listening. And so this is a great time uh, for you to, you know, really show them a better way. Right? So uh, other news in the world today. All three men involved in the killing of Ahmad Arbery uh, were found guilty of murder. Uh, I believe there were nine, maximum nine charges on both the father and the son. Uh, I believe the father came in at, uh, was convicted of eight of those charges and the son for nine. The other gentleman involved who was on the phone, um, who was basically appeared from the first video I saw. Many of you people, many of you people, uh, many of you people, uh, many of you guys have told me that you did not um, see uh, much footage on this. Uh, and originally a lot was, was leaked to, I don't know if it was leaked, but it was shared with the public. Now, apparently you cannot find videos, um, that were raw video footage of, of how that whole chase, that pursuit, uh, went down. I know I've seen some people make fun of, um, whether or not he was a jogger or, um, you know, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, cause he was in his work boots. Was he really jogging here it, for me? And I wasn't part of the jury. Um, and I have not seen all of the evidence, but that what I did see was extremely disturbing. It was extremely disturbing. And, um, and the, and his father, you know, today was just like, Hey man, all lives matter. And no father should have to go through this and their child being murdered. You know, and effectively, in my humble opinion, Ahmad was um, corralled and um, and hunted. 
you know, for being in this space. And maybe he was there multiple times. I don't know. Maybe they did catch him on home video footage. I did see a, a, a still, uh, early on last year of, of him, you know, looking at this construction site or this house that was being renovated. And I thought, okay, and, you know, and, you know, people live in this, we're we're being, again, we're being, um, primed every day, see something, say something, see something, say something. Right. And then we make fun of a group of white people living in this area who see a young black male, um, in their neighborhood consistently. And they're like, wait a minute, what, why, why is he here? Uh, We know he doesn't live here. Right. And see something, say something. Um, and I think people get primed with that. You know, you've got, I saw some liberal thing on, you know, uh, on Twitter tonight, just blew me away. Uh, this person's tweeting, you know, yeah, basically suck everyone in at the, at the dining room table and take in as much Intel as you can and then contact the FBI, see something, say something. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? (laughs) I mean, really? Are we that depraved? And so, but I would caution you. I would caution you on this. Um, you know, use wisdom when you're sitting around tables around dinner, everybody's fat and happy and you've had a couple of cocktails and you don't know some of the people there. Right. And you just start just blowing it out about, you know, how you feel about everything and you've got weapons and ammo and all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, I have to tell you something. There's, there's no real reason for anyone to be bloviating about their armory. You know what I mean? Like, if you have weapons, okay. If you have ammo, okay. Right? If you are, if you're happy to exercise your Second Amendment right to bear arms and you know pr- protect you and your family, your property, um, okay. But when it turns into this boisterous, you know, bloviating, uh, proud, you know, thing. Uh, you are really putting a target on yourself because, um, A, I think it's unnecessary to have that type of spirit about it. I think you can actually be quite statesman about it. Yes, me, queen of put on your guerrilla warfare paint, you know, and, and become strategic and tactical, but I mean that in the sense of getting involved civically, right? Like, I'm not talking about you guys hanging out in your neighborhood in the trees and behind bushes, ambushing people uh, or plotting stupid stuff. That's not what I'm talking about, and you know it. But I am talking about becoming uh, tactical in your approach to getting involved legally with your with with civics in your respective communities. It's so, but some people will take that as, and they have, I've heard pundits on the left just totally freaked out that you guys are actually trying to run for school boards now as conservatives. I mean, it's amazing. And that somehow there's something nefarious behind people wanting to take their communities back, you know? And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? I mean, it's just, it's like, what kind of water do you all drink? Or what kind of food are you eating? Or do y'all not breastfed? Like what is happening right now? And so... But seriously, if there's one thing that we could all just be statesmen about, right, it's keep your business to yourself. 
keep your business to yourself. Then you don't have to worry about, you know, the rogue liberal sitting at the table who's just waiting for an opportunity to see something, say something. Next thing you know, you know, your door's being bashed in and you're like, what the heck did I do? And it's like, oh, well, your aunt Sally, you know, or your niece who just graduated from the left coast felt threatened by, you know, she turned you in. You're like, what? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, use wisdom. And there, again, I just think it's, it's so unnecessary to bloviate about how many weapons you have. It's like, who cares? That, that's your business. You know what I mean? And so you have to really watch that, that whole spirit of, of pride. You really do. Um, it is, it's tricky and it's, uh, it's very beguiling. It's subtle. And before you know it, you know, when you're serving that kingdom, you open the doors to all that stuff and it has the ability to just suck you in. And, you know, recently I've been repenting of things that I've agreed with, um, in the past, right. That I'm, that I'm still kind of like, yeah, that is, um, nope. Thank you, father, for convicting me of that. I, I do not want that in my life. And so thank you. Now I'm going to confess it, repent of it and shut the door and lock it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, you know, living with vigilance, right. And being diligent about what comes out of your face. Um, you know, what you are saying online. Um, and really all of that starts with monitoring what's going on in your own heart. You know, I'm not encouraging you to, uh, you know, again, this isn't, this isn't some clandestine, uh, operation that I'm, I'm not coding anything to you. I'm telling you to, um, I'm suggesting to you that the best way to really, you know, live with, without being so hysterical about everything is, um, to just know your footing, right? Just know your footing. And, and know your banner and keep your business to yourself. Just keep your business to yourself and really pay attention to people around you who need help. People are very emotionally unstable these days. Um, they're off kilter. They're off balance. Uh, I will be putting together my Bible study in the next few days. We will start that, um, uh, before Christmas, I can tell you that. I know many of you are excited about, you know, jumping on board with this and I am too. And, uh, yeah, so it's just a matter of, you know, deciding which curriculum I'm going to roll with and either it'll be original material that I create, um, which is probably going to be the case, or it'll be something that you can download and have a workbook and, um, and all that good stuff. And we'll just, and I'll simply facilitate it. We'll go through it together and it'll be awesome. But I can, I can tell by the amount of people who have signed up from across the globe, actually, um, that you guys are hungry and you're thirsty. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, what's even more beautiful. You're not hungry or thirsty for me. You're hungering and thirsting for the word. Because I will not be able to sustain you. Uh, but the word can and does liberate. It sets you free, gives you hope, joy, peace. I just plan on being a facilitator for all of us to come together in fellowship, which as I can, the best I can tell, many people really need in this day and age. So I am going to hop on a spaces in just a little bit. Uh, this evening at 7 p.m., uh, there's a, a gentleman who is hosting uh, Nicholas Sandman, you may be familiar with Nicholas. Uh, he was the a young Catholic young man uh, who was confronted by uh, an American Indian man um, 
that the media just went literally bananas over uh, and lied and defamed and uh, lots of libel, uh, really ugly things. And, and Nicholas went on to sue uh, major media conglomerates and won. And, uh, and he's been brought back into the spotlight because of the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, verdict. And so there's a space tonight where Nicholas is going to be interviewed and um, I will retweet that on my Twitter page. If you're following me, you can see that. And uh, you can just come in and listen, you know, in the space. If you have questions, you can request to speak and raise your hand. And um, yeah, it's a cool platform. I enjoy the spaces. As I understand it, it's um, it's comparable to, is it Club, uh, Hub, not Hubstop, but Club something. Um, I, of course, I was unfamiliar with that platform. And my 25-year-old had to remind me of what that is. Um but it's uh, apparently this is nothing new. Uh, there are people, uh, not Clout Hub, that's entirely different, but I think it's like Club Stop or something. Um, and maybe some of you are already on it. Um, I will say I am no longer on LinkedIn. Some of you have asked, no, will I open another account? No, I will not. I will not waste my time there. Um, I have been uh, removed from that platform. One account was removed. And, um, and then my secondary account while I was trying to figure out, you know, what the heck happened and how do I get back on, they booted that one too. And I'm just not that invested in big tech and bowing at that altar to uh, spend any more energy tiptoeing through the tulips about what I say um, and how I say it um, whenever I'm bringing, you know, uh, either news, facts, information, opinions, all of that. And so it's just that whole platform has turned into a, a major, um, oh gosh, I don't know. It's, it's basically like an online, you know, silo that is so yuck. Um, and it, unless you're willing to talk only about the left's talking points uh, as it relates to business proposition and uh, technology, um, uh, uh, business uh, administration in the way of administering equity and diversity and um, what's the other one? Inclusion, right? Uh, the adult version of CRT. Unless you are on board with those things and speaking of them positively Anything political at all will get you banned. So considering my line of work, um, although I am shifting uh, considerably from those topics, uh, because I really do want to focus on the things that will last and uh, trying to figure out, you know, who shot boo and who did what at the, you know, in the, in, in congressional circles and your state legislatures, um, there's, there's so much wickedness and dirt that, um, you know, you can't swim in that and talk about it day in and day out and shine lights on that stuff um, without it taking a toll on you in, in feeling like you just constantly need a bath, right? And so there's so many other things that matter, honestly. And there's so many other things that are going to stay and they're going to last and they are eternal, and so those are the things that, you know, I, I would prefer to focus on. So I'm not going to give my time, my energy, or my money to LinkedIn anymore. Uh, another dear friend of mine, colleague, uh, Paul Crespo, who some of you follow uh, on LinkedIn, he has now been, 
uh, suspended. This is his second suspension. I know he is uh, attempting to, uh, you know, negotiate with the, with the online terrorists. <laughs> I say that jokingly. That's how it feels. If you're someone who has spent 10 years just kind of organically building an audience and all of a sudden someone comes in and goes, oh, wow, don't like your storefront. Your mannequins are too fat and we're going to turn off your lights. See ya. We're chaining the door. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And you can't, you don't have access to your contacts, to the relationships that you forge, to your messages, nothing. It all goes away, right? Just at the flip of a switch. And I'm like, you know what? You know what, fellas? It's just not that important to me. It's really not. You know, I made peace with that a very long time ago. You know, I'm surrounded by people who have lost a lot in life, and they'll tell you, when you get to the place where you have nothing left to lose, it's a really liberating place to be. And so as it pertains to my social media presence, I could not possibly give two flips if my entire Twitter account just is eviscerated with the blue check and all, because I've lived through that multiple times. My Facebook life, 12 years, 15 years of my entire daughter, my daughter, my daughter's entire childhood gone, evaporated, see ya, canceled me. I don't know how many times. And finally I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just done because I'll tell you what it does to you psychologically, especially when you're using it for work to communicate and to contact, keep in touch with people. Um, and to share information that is pertinent to your work, right? It's extremely demoralizing, which is exactly what it's intended to do. And so, you know, there comes a time where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to ask for forgiveness once, right? And I'm going to try to make amends once. And we'll try to do this by your rules once. And then you realize that they're really aren't any rules as it pertains to conservatives that you could ever really live up to. There aren't any, because as soon as you cross this ambiguous line that's just been coded that day into the algorithms, into the AI, uh, you know, um, architecture of all of this crap, you're out. You're out. You really are at the mercy of these people. And so for me, I'm like, nah, I'm good. And so you guys know where to find me. If I'm ever kicked off of anything, it's monicamatthews.com. I already know from experience that 70, probably 9% of you will not follow me to my website. Not because you don't love me, not because you don't think my work is, you know, valuable, but because you have been programmed to no longer seek information. Like literally your brains and your, your neural pathways have been programmed not to seek something that doesn't automatically come to you. And I've talked about this for the past couple of years on my show, actually, about the dangers of that mind remapping. I understand why they're doing it, but it's dangerous spiritually, um, primarily because God says to seek me while I may be found. But when the taste for curiosity is sucked literally out of the human psyche and spirit, um, your desire is flushed down the toilet, and that is a form of manipulation. And you wonder why you don't seek or hear or understand things of God, and it's because you have, unless your life is really, really in the dumps, 
in, in the crapper, as it were, um, you really have no incentive to seek God, right? And even though Google's right there at your fingertips, DuckDuckGo, whatever you're using, your little Bible apps, all that, your mind, your desire, your curiosity has literally just been sucked from your brain. No, really, I'm serious. You can go look that up. And you'll see I'm not lying to you. <laughs> and by pure application, um, I have, you know, this, I have empirical evidence to this as well, just because, you know, I've seen it happen with my own audience. And boy, you talk about like an ego burst, holy crap, or, or just a heart burst, right? Where you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. No one has contacted me since I've been offline. Does anyone even care? Do they even notice? And the real answer is, yeah, they do. Do they notice? Eh, it takes people on average about two weeks to figure out that you've been booted from anything, much less to reach out to say, hey, man, what happened? So you can't really let that stuff get to you. You just have to know that, hey, man, God brought me up. You know, he can bring me down. Um, he can shut on the He can turn on the lights and he can shut them off. And, um, you know, and if if for whatever reason you're kicked out of the big tech God's altar space, then, you know, God will open up other ways. That's all. You just got to take your peace about it. And and we just have to be more vigilant, right? And you can take your space back. You can take your brain back. You can take your brain back by just disengaging from the matrix. I'm serious. Like, I know that, sound, that sounds like hocus pocus to some of you, but if you learn to wean yourself off of um, the matrix and plug into your uh, physical environment, your kinetic space, um, that's where you're going to find your peace, your joy, your fellowship, your healing, all of it. You will never find that in this ether. You'll, you're never going to find that in your virtual worlds. You're never going to find that uh, in its truest form in your social media fellowship. You just won't. Now, one of the reasons why I'm encouraging encouraging you to join in these spaces is because you get to hear people's voices and that's a whole other dynamic that occurs with the human mind and fellowship that has a direct impact on your heart. I mean, it is as soon that auditory experience that you have with someone is something my producer taught me a long time ago in radio, which is, you know, that is the closest medium you have to someone's heart. That is a very intimate experience. And I would encourage you to engage on that level because you get to hear someone's uh, passion and fear, um, angst, anger, hope, joy, you know, celebration, uh, depression, right? You get to hear why they think the way they do or why they feel the way they do. You get to hear their voices. They're defending their stance on something. And, and, you know, if it gets too sparry, then whoever's hosting that space needs to be an adult and step in and, you know, just kind of referee uh, people's, you know, temper the tempers, if you will, and, uh, and get back to um, uh, productive dialogue, right? And so I encourage you to, if you're going to stay in this crap on Twitter, you know, definitely engage in the spaces environment and let your voice be heard and listen to others. It is extremely cathartic. Um, I think that it has, and you know what? And I know people message me. They're like, you know, they're recording everything. I'm like, well, okay. And so what? <laughs> I mean, again, be, you know, be a statesman, be diplomatic with your words, be intentional, uh, be vigilant, uh, with, with your thoughts and your words and how you express them and into whom, 
Um, but otherwise, you know, live your life with truth at the forefront of your mind and your heart. Share that truth, like the unadulterated truth of God, and allow that to be the lens through which your opinions are formed, right? And then if you are ever called on it for any reason, then your defense is the word. Your defense is truth, and truth will defend you. Because that's what the word says it will do. He is our defense. So with that, uh, hopefully you can uh, go have a happy, 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 happy gobble day tomorrow. Uh, Be good to your neighbors. Beginning your own mirror, as you know. Take your peace. Take your peace tonight. Do your little spiritual, mental, emotional inventory. Make a list. You know, throw darts at Aunt Susie's picture before you get to Turkey Day. I'm kidding. Uh, And, you know, and then take that little picture and give it to the Lord in your prayer time and be like, Lord, I'm going to need your help with this one. And he will help you with that one. Okay. I love you guys. I'm very grateful to and for all of you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'll be back with you guys on Friday. 